I'm Ninja Sister. And I'm Pandalicious. And this is the Ashcast. This is Electric Sisterhood, podcast episode number 637. If you're looking for a spoiler-free review of Endgame, this ain't it. This is Electric Sisterhood, home of the original. The fucking original. Girl Gaming, Tech Gadget, and Anime Podcast. I am Ninja Sister. And I'm Pandalicious. Welcome to another episode of our weekly podcast, Panda. Ninja. How Hello. you doing? Good. Good. We're joined, we're joined by a special guest today. I know. And that hardly ever happens. I know. We usually don't let people into the Eshtum. Nope, especially the ones that we talk about on the show a lot. But a spe- well, some of us more than others. But a <laughs> special request was made, and so we are joined by the husbando. Hi, whose husbando? Your mine. husbando. Your husbando, not my husbando. Mine. Your husbando. All mine. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. He wanted in. I said yes. The board said yes, and here you I, are. I want to clarify. I didn't want in so much as I was just going to be in the same room anyway. I said, why not? Fuck you. Please. <laughs> and no, so, no. made by special dispensation. Welcome, Husbando. Yay! Yay! <laughs> and it's because we have a big topic to talk about on this week's podcast. We've been promising it now. I think I've been promising it for two weeks. Yeah, about two weeks. And then we had we a week thought, off. We thought we'd so get really... to it last week, and then that didn't happen. Right. But I've been promising it for two weeks, and then we had a week off. So really, I've been promising it for three weeks. But finally, we're going to talk about Avengers Endgame. And we have all seen it. I mean, I've seen it. Bondo saw it. I have seen it twice. Oh, so each side of this show has heard it the same number of times. Correct. Maths. Quick maths. Two plus two is four. No, I'm really excited to talk about talk about Endgame because really, one, I need a break from talking about Game of Thrones. I'm still in a place about that. And really? How do you really feel about so it, sis? Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. That is not this podcast, so I'm not going to go into it because I will eat a whole hour with how I feel about it. But, like, I'm I'm working through the stages of death. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. And, you know, so you're, you mean grief? You're going through the stages yes, of grief? Yes. Yes. I'm going through the stages of grief, and I haven't gotten to acceptance yet, but I'm working towards it. Okay. One step at a time. One step at a time. One emotion at a time. I'm letting myself feel all the things I need to feel, explore all the things I need to explore, and all that kind of stuff. But I've already been through this whole process with Endgame. So I'm, I'm really excited to kind of jump in and, and talk about that. So now let's talk about Endgame, guys. Yeah. Endgame. 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 So, so it's... <laughs> There's three now, so... <laughs> oh, yeah. So... <laughs> It has been, I think I'm so far away from the buzz of it now that, like, I have a clearer thought process on it. Because for anyone who went during the the hype fog, as I like to call it, like the, you know, the Demon Souls gray fog, where it's like, oh shit, here's this massive thing, I have to be about this thing, I have to learn everything about this thing, oh god, and then your opinions kick in. Like, you kind of get that malaise of the hype. And I was very... I was on the fence in the beginning about Endgame because a lot of the marketing to me kind of made this sound to me like, oh shit, we're getting, the cinematic universe is going to take a big dramatic hit. We're going to lose so many OG Avengers. The course of the Avengers history is just going to forever be impacted. And I mean, I'm not saying that this movie didn't do that for me. I think it just took me a little bit longer to, to feel that. Okay. Because my because my initial thought was going in that we were going to see a lot of the Avengers who were left die and not have a way to come back. Really? And yeah, I really I really kind of thought we were going to see a much stronger 
death count. Yeah, half of the universe wasn't well, enough for you. Apparently not. You want half. I, and then I remember for more. weeks after seeing Endgame, when I told people, like, I was expecting more of the Avengers to die, and people were like, you do realize that half of the entire universe... Yeah, but I don't care about that. Got, ...got snapped away, and I'm like, well, I haven't been growing with... That's the thing. I think the severity of half of the entire universe being swallowed up in this snap, because we didn't see all of that, all there's a bunch of nameless millions and trillions that, okay, they got snapped away, but, like, we have no connection to them. Our connection in showing the, vi- the movie are the people that we've watched through how many movies has, the, has Marvel put out? Like, 22? 22. So, in 22 movies... The people I care about are the ones that I've seen in those 22 movies. Ah, so you can only care about as far as you can see. Yes. Mm. And I only have one good eye, so it's even less than that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I kind of sat in this, on this pedestal of, I didn't think it was severe enough. And I think very much, I think we, on this show, sis, we've talked a lot about feeling jaded in certain mediums after a while. Yeah. And I definitely feel that as I've, I've hit my mid thirties now that I have, Definitely gone into consuming media with a very jaded, critical eye now. So we should talk about the movie from start to start to finish. What happened in it? And I mean, then we could talk about how it personally made us feel. And I mean, I think I still have some reservations about some of the, I'm going to say contrivances with air quotes. Because I've had people combat me on my my feelings on these things, and while they've made some tangible sense, I still emotionally feel this way. Okay. But I do accept that, okay, that that does make more logical sense for the narrative. I'm not going to fight it, but I still feel X. So Endgame pretty much starts off, like, right after the snap. Um, it's been five wait, wait, years. Wait, wait, before you say it, before you say it, guys. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> Okay, if you if you, if you haven't seen Endgame now, there's a right. problem. But but seriously, if you didn't believe us before when we said we were going through this whole thing, we are. So spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Okay, great. Go. So so it's been five years after the snap, and we are seeing the Avengers and the what's left of humanity kind of dealing with what survival means. And, you know, Thanos had it in his mind that, you know, those who were spared would, like, thrive. And we're actually seeing that that's not necessarily the case. Widow's hair has kind of grown out. So she, so I guess her salonist got, like, snapped. Cause, like, Yo, did she, you really she just get, go there? I'm just saying, her roots were yeah. showing. Wow. She didn't, she, you we saw didn't it. Bring like, down a you strong just, woman. Right, you went <laughs> straight to her appearance and her oh. hair. She is in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D. now. I mean, yeah, because Nick Fury got snapped away. Uh-huh. And so did Colby she Smulders. She up. Apparently, she was third in line, or at least, I don't know, I mean, she in was line She was in a rapid shield. succession, and most of them got wiped out. So here she is having to, you know, run S.H.I.E.L.D. And, you know, everyone's trying to find their new, their new purpose in life. And, uh, and then we get a little snippet from our friend Hawkeye. And you actually see the moment that the snap happens for him. And he's, like, out in a field with his, like, beautiful family, having a nice time. That was first, right? He's, yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Your, your recounting of the events is very it's, it's, it's in time. It's very much like Endgame. But <laughs> Have you not ever listened to our podcast? We are not no. living well, yes, here. No, but I'm just saying that, like, you, 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 see, you see him lose his family. And... And, I mean, it's happening at the time that we've seen in other movies now. Because they've shown the snap affecting people differently. How do I want to say this? Other movies that have happened after Infinity War have shown the effects of the beginning of Endgame happening in their their movies. Yeah. Like Ant-Man and the Wasp. You saw that happen. And that's it. No. Mm -hmm. Because the Uh, beeper that Nick Shield hits Captain Marvel with... We see that at the end of her movie, and then we see it again in Endgame when yeah, they find it. A little bit, I guess, kind of. But she like they, they, spr- they sprinkle it, but because we've already seen in Infinity War the snap happening, and we saw several of our pride and joys, you know, ash away. Seeing yeah. it again through Hawkeye's eyes kind of it mellowed the effect because the big one already happened. Like I wish they had shown that scene. Wait, 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 wait. 
No, I no, just, I'm like, I'm I got to stop your rant. So the snap effect of what happened to Hawkeye and his family mellowed that whole process. That would, yeah. I mean, I want to say because that it, the because... cold open for that film was a, I... him having a lovely day, and we all know what's going to happen. Right. And the way they showed it was very tasteful and sad. And if I had a kid, I probably would have hugged him. But really, I, because I'm a man, I would have just punched him and said, don't feel. But <laughs> the short of it is that, yeah, that was, I disagree with you on there. It wasn't a mellowing effect. It I, was a new I facet. Was not, I was not as taken into the drama. How jaded have you become? You, you know? Because I have to disagree with you here on that moment. That cold open for that movie, one... I was so far removed from Infinity War that it just re-kicked me in the nuts. I mean, maybe I wasn't because the two people who were next to me brought a laptop in. I was and, there too. And the, I watched them rewatch and the, that and the part girl as well. Of this couple was rewatching Infinity War leading up to Endgame, so I'm like watching it over her dude's shoulder, and it's only the part where people are like being snapped out of existence. So maybe maybe that kind of soured me a bit. So when this cold open started, I'm like, okay, we know what's going to happen. They're all going to poof, and he's going to, like, lose his damn mind. And then, of course, that's exactly what happened. I just feel like they could have put that scene at the very end of Infinity War. No, I disagree. No. Infinity War, the reason this, I mean, the snap happens to Peter after a big climactic fight. Their, their penalty for loss is that his son's surrogate disappears in front of him. And then, uh, and everybody on Earth, and then the, the universe dies, but because of the events of that film. Hawkeye wasn't even in that film, so that would have just been kind of weird. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. And then Hawkeye well, had yeah. bad problems, too. Well, okay. You have, right. to, you have will... to have a grounding moment since you're coming back at the beginning of Endgame to Earth and, and what has decimated Earth. You have to have a grounding point on Earth. If you had just come in at that movie with the five years later and at the point where, like, Cap is at the Cap's group. Cap's at the, the group like, where he's You like, would have been like, what in the fuck? Why are I people see, reeling? I don't, I don't, I don't I think I would that. have. But I see how other people would need would want that lead in. Like I understand it. Like from a logic perspective and an editor perspective. I'm just saying for me personally, like I was just like, okay, yeah, the snap happened. He lost his whole family. Boo fucking hoo, cry me a river. Like jaded I was not. Enough. Who Got are it. you? Got it. I was I was just jaded. Open your heart. But but like you said, you know, Cap's running like a support group for people who survived the snap. You just also skipped about fifteen minutes of plot there. Too. Well, then jump in. So because there's the cold open with Hot Guy, right? He was hot. all of his family. <laughs> hot Guy. That's what I'm saying, Hot Guy. And uh, then they all get the. They're sad for a bit. Yeah, they're sad for they're but, sad for a while. Mm-hmm. Not even that. It's only about like nine days at the beginning. It's just enough time for them to feel really pissed. But then they get that signal from Planet because Captain Marvel brings back Iron Man. Yeah. So you see you see him up in space in his ship monologuing to his his Iron Man face because they don't have enough power. He's going to die. Nebula's not actually alive because she's a computer. So like she'll just power down when she runs. Right. Right. She doesn't need air to live. But here they are, and then he kind of gets like a surrogate daughter through Nebula. Now that you know Peter got snapped, there is that. There's this weird bond that seems, I think, kind of happened in that ship between Nebula and Iron Man, just a little bit. Oh, Nebula's the robot. Nebula's the robot. I don't know why it's blanking. Like it was never. It was never like, oh man, like I dig you. But like all of a sudden, this really hard line of respect started to kind of form because the armor that she wears is her skin. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, as he's, like, about, like, he's losing his air and he's dying, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes Captain Marvel, because that's why they made that movie, because yes. they had to get somebody in space who'd be able to save Tony or whoever was still no, up they, there. No, that's, no, because they didn't, so here's my, my, one, of, not one of my problems, but basically, Captain Marvel, I feel like, and this has probably definitely been said by people more eloquent than me, she basically exists in order to throw people off the scent of what this movie was about. They knew that they probably knew that they, you know, they needed some. The comic book had her in it, and she was very effective in the comic book. And if they didn't have Cat Marvel in it, then people would be, bitch about it. Get mad. They'd take it to the internet with their pitchforks and their one stars. So if they didn't have that, bad. But if they did have it, it just introduces this whole tier of extra problems. So then they're like, well. 
I mean, we already wrote the ending. Can we rush a film? Let's rush a film. Let's get the guy with the big teeth from Ready Player One to play the good slash bad guy of that film. And then also spoilers for Captain Marvel uh, after the fact. Then we could have that happen, and then she'll just. So, but the thing is, Tony wasn't stranded at the end of the last film. No, but he says that he'd been up in space for twenty-two days. At the start of this film. But the last film, they could have put him anywhere. That's true. Because he, he was on the planet yeah. when, when that movie ended. Yeah. There were plenty, I believe, of but good was, ships fully functional. They didn't have to hop on the busted one. It's just they needed him at a low moment to show how low and then lower like, one can go for his redemption to make any sense. I mean, I, okay. But, so Captain Marvel shows up in space because she, like, led the Skrull to a, pla- a planet. I guess at this point she's done all the things she said she was going to do in the galaxy. I think she, her space beeper beeped and she's like, oh shit. I and as to save she's that flying guy. back, she finds the ship and like guides it safely down to Earth. We don't know how long it actually took her, but she like pretty much lands it right in the Avengers like backyard. How did or she front know? Yard. Right. How would she know where that Avengers... Okay guys. Right. Okay guys. Oh. So let me help you here. Let me help you here. I'm going to help because okay. that's what I do. Okay. I help. Okay. So... One, Captain Marvel, very, very integral to the Infinity Wars in the comic books. Like, yes. In the comic right. books, she beats the shit out of Thanos. Right. So, again, to Osbondo's point, you got to have Captain Marvel involved in Endgame because if you're going to be try to even remotely be close to canon, right. she was there. Okay, so that's number right. one. Number two. As you pointed out, Beeper went off at the end of Infinity War. Infinity War. Okay? Yes. And the Beeper was souped up to track. Because remember, when she hands the Beeper to Nick, uh, but she's like, he hey, I like can find you whenever, just send it off. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. he sends it off while he's in New York. Yeah, he's right. In New York. Yeah, but Hold the Avengers on, found guys, it guys. and brought it back Correct. to the, oh, the base. Okay. So that's how she's able to guide to the base, because she's heading back to the pager. Where the beeper, the pager. Uh, okay. Okay. See, yep, I helped. Right. I helped. And on the way, hey, I found this ship. Hey, this ship exactly. I have found this ship on it. With a, that with just happens alien. to have a human on it. Hey. Because it looked like back. it was just in distress. And Captain Marvel <laughs> went to space to help people in distress with her massive power. And right. good on her. She was able to just look at Tony and go, he's an Earthling. Right. Gotcha. I know you. I know you look like, like the Kree. I've seen that stash before. That's a stash. People. That's that facial. I'll no, bring you back to C thirty five. Let's go. It bring, brings them back. Um, and I mean, at this point that this has happened, they they show a quick scene of like this warehouse that has a whole bunch of stuff in it, like from people who've been snapped. And you get the rat because mm-hmm. the yes. Oh, you've jumped again. No, because yes. he's there. Mm-hmm. Nope. Ant-Man is there nope. when Tony Stark shows up. We're in, we're still in the before the jump, the time jump. She brings him back. They're there. They're sad, but they're not like that sad because they haven't hit the lowest point. They're going to go avenge Thanos because they're the Avengers, or I guess they're going to avenge half the universe, the universe. And then they're going to go, and they're going to, and then they find him on the planet. Then they go. They have the big moment where they just beat up a guy who's just farming. Well, yeah, because they decide they're going to go get the Infinity Stones and re-snap everybody back into existence. Two weeks? I feel like it was... That was, yeah. It was a small amount, but not a lot of amount of time. And they and they finally track him to a planet yeah. where he's, like, gardening with, like, one really fucked up arm. And they're all like, where are the Infinity Stones? He's like, I snapped them out of existence because the damage is done. You can't do... You can't undo what I've done. And Thor's like, i got to cut off your head. And, like, cuts off his head. I know that this was, like, a moment of catharsis. I think no, it was more like the op- it was supposed and to be as a as apotheosis. It's the, the other Greek, the other Greek word. the opposite of it. Um, Antithesis. Let's go with that. Because he failed to cut his head off the first time, and like he does it now, but like it's the, too late because so, the stones are gone. Right, and like so, yeah. So that's where they're at the lowest of the low because they realize they really can't do anything to bring everyone back, and this is this is the fate. So then that's when they're then it's five years later. Then it's five years later. That's right. So in the course of this, at one point, we find ourselves in the storage unit. Because this is when this happens. It's around this time. It's around this this time. I mean, five years later opens this tote with Captain. Captain in the support group. And the first actively gay character in the Marvel Universe. Yay, no-named man. Good for you. Well, I think he's one of the writers. Yes. Yes. But he was adamant that they they did that. And he, he decided he was the best person to... 
Well, they had other cameos in that room, too. Mm -hmm. You get this random rat, because I'm going back to the storage unit. Because believe it or not, I believe Ant-Man was probably one of the strongest characters in Endgame for me, personally. Because he wasn't defeated? I think it's just because in looking at the finality of how fucked up everything is, while his ideas are not always great, he was still like, what about this? We could do this. Oh, this would be a great idea if we could fit. Like, he, that optimism, like that little spark of optimism and hope doesn't ever fully die out of, out of Scott Lang. And I think when everyone else was like, I don't know how we're going to do this, he would throw out a really bad idea, but at least people like, at least someone's thinking. Like, at least a gear is still, the motivation is still there. Because right, so, he just unfrozen Kate Van Lawyered himself from the past. Right. More or less. But, but he's, you know, in the, he's in the realm, the subatomic quantum realm, just hanging out because he kind of can't walk around. He's just floating around with all the subparticles and shit. Which is really good suit design to be able to have just, you know, waste problems just dealt with. <laughs> And, and a random rat just happens to press the right button, the on button, to turn on the machine to then bring him back from the quantum world. Right, we see that rat, Bran, warging into the rat. <laughs> we see Bran. <laughs> <laughs> Bad mix. I do it. Okay, so, so, that, so, so yes, so we get So Ant-Man. we get, right. And for him, he's been in the quantum realm for like five hours. Great. Or some small amount of time. Granted, it's been five years in actual time. So then it's like, oh, here's this concept of, you know, space being wonky in in the quantum realm. You know, and here he is, you know, getting exposed to the fact that the world's very quiet. There aren't a lot of cars. He sees a kid on a bike. Kid's all like, fuck you, dude. Like, don't even talk to me. Like, whatever. And he sees the memorial of everyone who got taken in the snap because he walks by the these tall stones. And he notices that his name's on it and has a freak out moment and then looks for his family, looks for his daughter and his... Are they still married? Ex-wife, right? Uh, yeah. Doesn't see his daughter on there. I don't know if his wife wasn't on there or not. I don't remember. But he rushes back to his house and he has a great tender moment with his daughter. So he, he gets... Who is grown. Yes. Who is full grown. Yeah. Well, she's five years older now. Yes, that is how time works. That, that's how time works. See, now I'm kind of getting hazy from here mm-hmm. as to what happens after he finds... Well, he realizes that he was then. He, then he has to... I mean, here's the question, though. Why are we summarizing a film if we're already past the spoiler point? I'm just going to... Um, so, uh, right, so he, then he goes back and he has to go find Avengers. He goes to the Avengers base and then they're all sad there in the moment. And, uh, Widow has had the big group chat with everybody and the, the guy with the weird hat still wants to dissolve the Senate because uh, it just felt very Star Wars-y. Um, and Cam Marvel was like, I'm sorry, I can't be present. I have to go do stuff off screen. Bye, everybody. It's like, hey, guys, I'm way too powerful for all of this. And I'm, I'm taking care of the galaxy. I think you guys can handle one fucking planet. So, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. We don't need to summarize the movie. We really just need to go over the big points of the movie. And so the big right. points of the movie are... Is they got time travel. They figure out where, where a certain amount of the stones are at certain periods of time. They have just enough you know, MacGuffin plot juice to go to these times to regather the stones from different timelines in order to snap the people back in their timeline. And they do it. <laughs> they succeed in this. However, we, we got some costs along the way. And here's where one of my really, my biggest issues really kind of stems from this whole part of the time heist, right? Because, you know, Scott Lang, like, describes what we have to do most of the Avengers go back to New York, I think, 2012? Well, let's use the movie time. But they, they go back to the first Avengers movie, because there's about three stones in New York at that time. Warhammer and... I love that you called him Warhammer. Rhodey. Yeah, it's not his name. But isn't his suit? War Machine. War Machine. I always call him Warhammer. I know. Um, Rhodey, Rhodey and Nebula go back to get the Power Stone, I think. From Valmir? They go back to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. To go intercept Peter Quinn. Quill. Thank you. Sorry, Quill. another guy. From getting that stone. And then they send uh, Rocket and Thor back to, I don't know. Dark World. Dark World. The second Thor movie. And then they send Hawkeye and Widow to where the the Soul Stone is. Yes. And and the thing that... 
Vormir. And the thing, and the and the thing that bothered Vormir. me so much about this is when Nebula and Rhodey show up. She then says, "Oh, by the way, we're not the only ones here looking for this stone. Thanos is here. My, me, I'm here, and Gamora is here." I mean, technically, they all are also there in space time. But I'm just saying that, like, if you if you're gonna bump into a Thanos who you know was kicking a lot of butt with only one stone, like you think you'd want to send more people to where there's an active Thanos, you know? Kind of, sort of, in my in my opinion. But you got to remember that that also does play into Nebula's character because Nebula right. is not forthcoming with information. Even though she's had the reconciliation with Gamora and even though she's having the those nice light touches with Tony as he's dying at the beginning of the movie, Nebula still is not a trusting soul because of all the things that have happened to her. So it's still sure, within perhaps. her nature and fitting for not to be like, here's everything you guys need to know, like right off the plat. Like that's not who she is. So if well, she did I, that, maybe, maybe not. But I would think she'd want to put a little bit more info out there for her particular mission, not for everybody else. Like I get that, but like, hey, we're going to encounter not only myself, but also my sister and also my dad, who has fucked me up. She like, did. A lot. As soon as they actually got there, because they weren't all, like, completely sure that, like, for everybody, like, it was totally going to work. They did the one final test after Tony showed up with, like, here's the thing, I made it work, so, like... Oh, yeah, by the way, hey, you know, time travel, it's not possible, but I found, I figured it out And in, I like, didn't really want to do it, because I don't want to fuck up the fact that I have a wife and a kid now, but, like, you know, we probably ought to, like... We should give this for a the shot, kid that I, lost, I guess. Right? Maybe. So, like, right. again... I think this is where I disagree with you. I think that it is in W's character to do that after successfully seeing that we got to the place we were supposed to be. So, okay. I did have a thought, though. Nebula showed up five years earlier, right? What was she doing on Earth? Did I just forget it? Or did they I just think not she was. I think it? she was just She was just there, hanging around. Like, like, like a sweepstake? She just went to suspend two? Was like right I, mean, I think she was just puttering around the Avengers base, not really doing much of anything. Because Tony was like, fuck you guys, I'm going to go have a life. Right. And he left. But yeah. she, I think she just hung around because she, she doesn't have anything on Earth to ground her. She had five years to find something to ground her. No. She, she just, just plug herself she into just, an outlet? She just didn't. But she but did. I mean, like they chopped off her dad's head. Her sister's yeah. dead, right? And and she and she's and got she, a spaceship. And she kind of hints at the simple fact that you know, Thanos and Gamora went to this place, and only Thanos came back with a soul stone, and he most likely definitely killed my sister, who I had just kind of patched up with. Let me send the two humans with no real special abilities outside of their skill set of gun and bow. To the creepy place where only one seems Look, to come back. Look, there are some things like, that you just have to accept are there so that they can actually be a story plot. I, I get, I get it. Anyway, for those who didn't know, Hawkeye is now Ronin and is killing Yakuza in Japan before they bring him back. So like, he's in this weird. I'm a bad person. I'm a monster, and I kill bad people. And no. like, every chance he gets to die, he no. like wants eh. to kill himself. Wrong again. God dang! Like you are so jaded. So Hawkeye is in a place where. One, this snap hand happened, and through some arbitrary thing, half of the world's people are gone, and he's just pissed that, you know, these sweet people, his wife and his kids, who never harmed anybody, never did anything wrong, they were taken, but evil people still, like, gang members. Right, so now he's purging, he's purging the, the evil that still exists. So, so I'm just saying, so describe it right, though. Like, that was his motivation for becoming I mean, I say he was killing Yakuza, and not all, you, you know, Yakuza are not necessarily great people, so like I'm indirectly talking that he's taking out bad folks who are so still here. They were kind here. of admitting it, actually, though. It was just like, and he's killing Yakuza, and he's all like, life sucks. I mean, he is. He's yeah, it's kind just of guys like just driving down the street, and it's like totally fine. Also, he's on the sidewalk and killing people. But anyway, so he's just trying to get down <laughs> the street. <laughs> anyway, anyway, but they send Widow and Hawkeye to where the Soul Stone's at. And, of course, they get there, and they meet Red Skull, who's all like, bibbidi bobbidi boo sacrifice, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Very similar to what he said to Thanos and Gamora, but when he says yeah, it... Because he, that's the first time he's had to get to say it. Right. But, but they go back to before it happens with Thanos and, and Gamora, obviously. 
So the, yeah, this is the first time he gets to say Oh, I get to do it but, early. But he gets to, but he alludes to them that like he knows their lineage. Cause you know, he always likes to talk about, you know, Thanos son of blah, blah, blah. And like, like any, and he announces it when he greets people. Widow has her moment because, you know, she doesn't know who her family is. Right. Like her family has always been the Avengers, which is why she's so, I don't want to say hellbent, but like her primary objective is to get everyone back. Like she wants her family back because that's the only family that she's ever known has been the Avengers. Right. And she also kind of feels very responsible with restoring what Hawkeye lost. Like, cause she's been tracking him this whole time since, you know, he kind of went on this Ronin, I'm going to kill bad guys, you know, trip. So yes. she's always been keeping uh, tabs on him since all this went down. And we as the audience know what's going to happen here. Once again, this is where I had an issue with Nebula because Nebula kind of hinted that, you know, something shady went down, but she wasn't there. So she doesn't know. You know, she, I bet in her mind, she just assumes that Gamora led him to the stone. He got the stone. Gamora thought she could take him out and he killed her. Those details are foggy to her, but she stipulates that they went there. He came back with a stone, but no Gamora. And when they get to the top of the spire, he kind of makes them notice that you have to sacrifice something that you love and a soul for a soul. You know, and they're both at this point, Hawkeye and Black Widow are just like, let me do it. No, let me do it. No, let like they're trying to have this this moment. And I think it kind of falls flat because they don't ever strongly stipulate beforehand that whoever gets sacrificed for the stole stone, like that's a permanent death. There is no undoing that because in order to get the stone, you have to sacrifice someone. So it'd be kind of kind of productive if you could just pitch yourself off of this cliff, get the stone and then snap yourself back into reality. They don't establish the severity of this death. So it falls short for, I think, the Avengers when this scene happens. And I mean, when they all come back, because through some serious fuck-ups, they still do manage to get all the stones, you know, and Hawkeye is just like, Widow is dead. She sacrificed herself for this thing. And they attempt to have the Hulk snap because he can take the most radiation that's going to emit from this gauntlet and the snap and the stones. Because it's gamma radiation. Gamma radiation. I felt like they were building up towards that being where now the Hulk is going to take over. Because like a sudden burst of the stuff that makes you the guy has in the past made him Him, more Hulky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it felt like a really dropped opportunity or rather a weirdly lampshaded foreshadowed thing that they just said, eh. You know, and then when and then when he they do get the snap off, you know, it finally in like a throwaway line, he he says to them, he's like, "I tried really hard to bring her back, like I did, and I just you they you know, it, I feel like they could have structured that better to really drive in that is the sacrifice. So we lose we lose Black Widow, which out of everyone who was still there, I kind of saw that coming because they were always focusing on you know everyone getting back their legacy, their lineage, their blood. And she doesn't have that in the same sense as a bunch of the other Avengers do. Like Rocket? Like Rocket no. had Groot. Rocket right. has his real physical family, had, which is as much as her. As, right. Right. But I'm just saying, like, they kind of pushed, you know, you know, Tony didn't want to lose his family that he just got through this. Right. You know, and Rocket wanted you know, his family back because you and, lost Drax and, and Hawkeye and- lost Four other people. He lost the rest of the gang. Right. You know, but like they kept hammering in to me, it seemed like that familial blood family was more of a plot point. They had more weight than the family that you build, the family that you choose. And I I think they kind of dropped the ball on that a little bit. And I just didn't, I didn't feel that. See, I guess, I guess so. I, I felt the movie differently than you did then because I didn't feel that. Because... The thing that really turned Tony around to coming back and actually helping them solve being able to time travel. Because remember that Bruce Hulk, bulk, if you will. That's yeah, better. Bulk. I like that one. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking, but I like bulk better. <laughs> you know, wasn't quite 100% there on figuring out the whole thing. And they approached Right, Tony it wasn't his expertise, it, right? which, he, which he said. He's right. like, this is not exactly, but I could try. But it was... But it was Tony monkeying around with, and I believed, remembering and feeling the loss of Peter, his surrogate kid, before his actual kid. His, his test kid, his proto-kid, 
before his actual right? kid. That, in a way, though, even worse because it was someone else's kid that he got and the, to, and, also half a universe. Right. And so yeah. this is where I felt that the driving narrative wasn't necessarily about bringing back the blood family that you have, but in fact, bringing back all of your family, that which you make and that which you have, because that was his impetus. He wanted to protect the family that he had, but he needed to bring back the family that he lost. And he had to be a part of that. And I think for me, that's what sums up, you know, the the ending of the movie, right? So you get past the battle, which I'm going to say, you know, I like everybody in the theater that I was with the first time I watched the movie when when they are successful, because, again, the good guys, they they have to make make some kind of progress, right? Because the beginning really, like, almost half of the movie is primarily them trying and failing, trying and failing, and just continuing to try and fail up, which I agree with you, Ant-Man is kind of the hope, like, we can do this, let's, failing up is better than not trying at all kind of thing. Then they finally get to the point where they work it out, right? They're able to best Thanos, Tony is able to, which I saw the foreshadowing as soon as I saw the gauntlet that Tony built for Bruce Bulk to use to do the snap. It it was not wasted on me that it was basically an Iron Man gauntlet. So I'm like, okay, so right. at some point in time, Tony's going to get the stones. That's why Strange was like, Tony has to be the one to survive. Not because he's the one that could do the theorem for them to time travel, but he was ultimately going to be the one that actually snapped everybody back. Right? Well, not everybody. But mostly everybody. Look, here's the thing. You have to, in order for it to have weight, in order for the wind to have weight. Yeah, you have you to have, have loss. To. I'm okay. I agree with you. All right. I am agreeing with you on that. And I but don't I mean, think that the loss has to be. This is where I disagree with you. I don't think that the loss has to be so heavy on both sides. Frankly, I would have been more disappointed in the movie if more Avengers had the permadeath than just Tony and Widow. Because ultimately at the end I of mean, all things I mean actually Captain America Captain America also dies, but he doesn't, you know, go out I don't want to say he does he doesn't die a hero's death. He just naturally dies. He doesn't die from battle. He, I mean he fights in the battle Right. Hardcore. Okay. Right. I but then he actually he, he does it backwards. He he fights the fight and then lives the life. Right. Okay, but that kind of makes sense for him to do, though. Especially with, I think, the way that they did, you know, all the flashbacks when they went back in time to get stuff and you could actually see Pim and you could see, you know, Tony being able to interact with his dad and you could see just the looks that Cap had for Carter. Like, I knew at that moment, I was like, dude, he's coming back because when they get to the future, they're going to have all the Pim particles that they need. He's going back. Also, so so can we we divert? Because, I mean, this is also something that really kind of... This really kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Is it Pim so you know, based? Yeah. You, so like, are you mad they didn't wish for more wishes instantly? You know, I'm just saying, they spent so much time timelining when they were going to go back because they only had so many vials at the start of the Pim juice. Yeah. And like, she Ray was like, this is, this, Pim juice. this is all the Pim juice we got because the person who makes the Pim juice, he went poofy poofy, right? Right. So why, wasn't the first, so why wasn't the first thing, why don't we go back to where there's a shit ton of Pim juice so that we got contingencies? Well, because you see. Right. Shit. Yeah. No, no. I'm not even trying to think. I'm just pausing dramatically for effect. Um, it's that I think it just would have opened up more holes because then they have infinite opportunities, right? To, to not like, to, to, to fail they don't have to even do the time heist. I just it just it just irked me that after they marginally they majorly fucked up, they're like we only got this one shot to get more pim juice. Look, the first and then they, rule, and then they got more pim juice. But here's the thing: the first rule of any genie story. Because really, this is a genie height. You can't you know, wish for more heist. wishes. You can't wish for more wishes. It, but they do, and then they get them. No, they don't. They did. They got, they got pim, they got the pim juice they got and the stone. They got one pim juice, one extra pim juice because of a, what I can't remember. Was it broken, stolen? I think broken. Right? So they got, they went back and they got one pim juice. Not He's all the pim like juices that we He grabs like four juices. They got more juices, and then they could probably... Anyway, it doesn't matter. But they went back, Which, they fucked up, I mean, they went back again. pim juice wouldn't be as strong as modern got, juice. Got the pim juice, got the stone, 
that they fucked up getting the first time. And then we, we fast forward back. So then back where Rhodey and Warhammer Nebula and Nebula are, you know, they they get the stone, but like when she shows up on the planet, like her like internet boops previous hers webnet and like they weirdly connect and it's like kind of marginally painful but not really whatever and then old Thanos knows what they're planning to do and then they do the like very tropey switcheroo and they send past Nebula back to the present and then like it's as simple as just changing a part of her head you have you have to I, first of all nobody but, but sis, there no, with Avengers get, knows Nebula that deep to be like something's a little I mean, off right. no, 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 no. That, that, that's not that's that's not the part that bothers you what bothers me is that she gets back to the present time takes her like medical hand and like shoves it into the portal and then brings past Thanos into so so yeah, she has so, this ability so this is, to open a gate she couldn't current nebula couldn't have done that so is, they could have avoided you the and I, this is where you and i i think the only part of endgame where you and i agree because that nebula being able to come back and bring thanos and everybody along made no sense to me because i'm like Makes no i thought sense. the whole thing I know was they... that you needed the suit to work with the pim juice to work with the thing she didn't have pim juice for everybody right so like that part really bothered me because I'm like this whole time like she can't just like had Tinkerbell this... and just like sprinkle and say think happy destructive thoughts right and everybody come yeah. through the damn portal I mean I understand that they have to get Thanos yes. there so in they order can have to the have the story I but I, I get it this, for but me, I don't this is the only place in the movie that the logic is broken so then that happens and previous Thanos is now in, in pop is in current time and the big fight is like gonna happen. Right. It was this big fight, and this is the part that I also got confused with. Are those guys that were just on his ship, or did he call, I feel like maybe he said, I'll just call the modern times people's? I don't know. I think those were all past people. But it's not the past, it's now times. I, yeah. So right, because they them, brought them into now them? times. So yeah. I okay. believe that he's yeah. calling his now times people. Yeah. And But the first part, and the most egregious error in here is this whole damn time, is... They basically nuke Avengers base with all of the normal people in it. Right. And none which of Which is nonsense. Okay. Yeah. So this is another thing that irked me. Not as much as that, but like, yeah, so like giant bombs hit literally like one literally hits at the feet of Scott Lang, who's looking up like kinda hopeful at shit, and then the whole thing blows up and everyone's just Pinned enough to be inconvenienced. Oh, how mildly inconvenient. I mean, except for Rocket, who's like, I can't breathe. Well, yeah, he's a raccoon. Right, but I'm just saying that, like, they all kind of walk out mostly unscathed. Like, no one's got a broken arm or nothing. Come on. They're superheroes. Flat arm. Sis. Ant-Man is human. But he's in his superhero suit. But he's in his superhero suit. Unless you get thrown through walls. You, I'm just you, like, you have like, to, like Thor again. let him Thor's go to a, a subatomic level in quantum space. It can deal with some rubble. It, I'm just, dealt with I'm five just, hours I'm just, of I'm just saying that, like, I think they could have been a little more dirty and, like, a little more bloody and someone could have had a broken arm. I would have felt like okay. that. Whose arm do you break? Do you break Rhodey's? So no, because he got no feet. Limbs? So, he ain't really? got no feet. Like you can't break Nebulous, Rhodey. She's made of robot he, parts. He, he's been broken so much. You <laughs> so can't. Many times. You can't break, you can't break him anymore. no more. Anymore. Right. Leave that man alone. Anyway, okay. You can't so then, break Thor. Thor doesn't right, break. Well, I mean, he got a fat suit on. He's already broken inside and already doesn't feel worthy as it is. Did you want to like him to have the fat Santa sort of or some art, some stuff? No, it and like, I'm just <laughs> saying that they all kind of came out off. of it less scathed than I was expecting for the whole building blowing up. Right, well, the, part of it is, is he, Thanos really overdoes it. Just, it makes that sense as to why. Like, right at his feet. Like, well, no, how did Scott Lang did not have, like, a, well, he like no twisted ankle? Nothing? He shrinks down to avoid the explosions. It's more so just the fact that, like, they made a point of showing how utterly destroyed it is. I feel like at some point, they zoom out and a mushroom cloud is going up from Avengers base <laughs> in a way that's like, oh, so he just won. And then they're like, oh, no, he didn't, because but, we all fell in a hole. But But anyway... Like we get we get the we get the resnap from bulk, 
And like, and I actually really liked how they did this because at first I thought we were just going to see everyone just walking around like nothing happened. And they actually did this scene really well where like you get, you know, Hawkeye gets a call from Lady Eye, you know, and it's like really slow and dramatic. And I'm like, I, I got misty there. Like, I was oh, like, that's, when you get that's misty. where I got misty. I ha- did not fully cry though with this movie, but that I was like, oh, that was well done. So you're saying that the part where the family that you didn't care disappeared in the beginning came back made you sad them returning the way that they built up did this work did this not work and then you saw the payoff yes husband very... that's exactly what she's saying yes uh, so the, what yeah. i've heard is over the course of this three-hour film your heart grew three sizes that day at the third act of the movie at the third, <laughs> at the movie, third, the movie. At the third movie of the movie but so the snap happens and they're like, well, we got the gauntlet. We got to get it away from Thanos because we got to get the time stones back to their original times. Because if we don't, we're really going to fuck up the multiple worlds theory, which they like to use for time travel all the time. And they're like, we got to get it away. And there was like this weird kind of football game really on this that. massive field. Well, that was happening. It was basically just humming uh, like a fight song. You know, and like they're throwing it. They're doing all this stuff, and all the Avengers are coming back through, you know, Doctor Strange, Time Portals, and other Time Guardians doing their Which shit. He did instantly. Like, he unpoofs. And, and then like, it's like, I gotta start right spinning now. some wheels. We gotta get, get everybody to this place. I knew this was happening. This is I'm the back. one time. And, like, we get everybody back. I mean, everyone who can be back. So that's nice. Nice Avengers assemble. We actually got him to say it. Captain America actually says it. It's nice. We have a very pandering moment for the Lady Avengers, which... I'm irked by, but not nearly enough to bring up at this point. Oh, you didn't like the Avengers? Here's the here's my problem. Like, here, like that. I think you are. Yeah, I, I acknowledge it. I think you're. Oh, yeah, good. So, like, Peter's like Peter's that. doing his you know webby thing. He's got the gauntlet. He gets knocked down, and like Carol Danvers shows up because you know she had to show up for the last fight. Yeah. You know, with her cool, awesome new short hair, and she's like. It's like, I can handle it from here. And he's all like, How, who's gonna help you? And all the other Lady Avengers are like, we'll help you. And then you've got, um, I'm gonna butcher her name, but Okoye. Okoye. From Okoye. You got her. You got Black Widow. You got Pepper Potts in her Iron Man suit, which I know has a name, but I don't know what, it, I don't remember what that her Iron suit's Maiden. called. I don't know But like, all the girls. And then this Mantis. And I'm sitting there like, okay, one, one. You're about Captain to shit Marvel. on Mantis. She's got to take listen, a big old dump listen. on that feeler. Here's, here's, here's my issue. Captain Marvel can fly. Yeah. Not right? everybody can. But I'm just saying, like, she got the gauntlet, right? Mm-hmm. So when he's like, who's going to help you? She could be like, I don't need the help. And she could, like, fly off way super high because she kind of blew up Thanos' ship. So Thanos can't fly. So, like, she could just fly up into space, right? But she doesn't do that because she's trying to get to the... To Look, the they land have, truck. Because they have to get to the truck in time so that they just can get saying, back. She could have flown up and then flown down, but she decides to try to fly across. Yeah, sure. So, so yeah. And then you got you got your your adventurers doing their poses, and I see Mantis, and I just kind of stop because I'm like, so what's she gonna do? Make people sleep to death? Yes. Make them feel too yes. hard? What is Mantis Look, going to you're, do? You're shitting on Mantis, <laughs> and you just need to not shit on Mantis. I just. Like, okay, I'm so glad she was there. Say. Support the movies, for all. The movies have not yet actually tapped into like what all of Mantis's abilities actually. I know are in they the could have shown world. more. Okay, like, this would be a great time to be like. By the way, but this isn't she can do a this Mantis thing, movie. This isn't the though. time you do it. This is an Avengers <laughs> movie, and Captain Marvel is in Avengers, just like Nebula is an Avenger. Like when you look right. at the line of the people who are in Avengers, I, I get you have it. To give just I wish they had had her do something more awesome. What are you gonna do? You're gonna have Mantis like not be in the titty shot? You can't do that. She's got titties. no. She's got titties. Okay, you I gotta represent. It. Okay, and you gotta so represent anyway, for all powers. This is about anyway. Inclusion. Right. Anyway. Hashtag. So so Danvers has the gauntlet and she's like doing her thing, trying to get to the van. At the right time, because she got the stones. And then she beats up with Thanos, and they kind of fight. And at one point, she's got the upper hand, and she's, like, punching. And he's all like, uh, uh, uh. But then he pulls one of the stones out of the gauntlet, and then he's got some more power. And then he's able to beat her up. And, like, 
you know, Doctor Strange is there and sees this kind of happen, and Tony's there and he sees it happen, and like she gets knocked really hard, and like she's down for the count. Iron Man looks yeah, at Doctor. Literally Str- blows her off screen. Like and be literally, like, never see her again. <laughs> like you, like she just gone KO. Perfectly balanced. And yeah. like, hey, and, and, oh. and, and, and Doctor Strange like looks over at you know Tony, who's been beaten himself. Like they're all worse for wear at this point. Like this is like a scrap fight at the lowest of the low and Dr. Strange just holds up his one finger, like one shot. And here's in my mind, I'm like, I don't know if he's saying that she was Captain Marvel is the one shot or Tony is. And as you, as you kind of talked about earlier in the show, you know, when he made the gauntlet, the gauntlet looked like an Iron Man gauntlet. So you're like, okay, I know what's going to happen. Tony Stark's going to be the one to, to, to save the day. And he does, and he gets he gets the stones from from that gauntlet, puts it in his arm because his arm turns into the gauntlet, and then he's able to do the snap, and he does the snap, and he gets rid of all of the Thanos baddies, including Thanos, and they all paper away, and it happens. But all that gamma ray stuff that like hit all up in his body is like now killing him for killing him not again because he didn't die the Softly. first time. It's slowly beginning to song. kill him. And we've got everybody coming to Tony as he's, like, slowly wasting away. And now we have the reversal of, like, Peter watching Tony Stark die, which I actually kind of liked that foil a little bit. I was like, oh, okay. His core thing powers down and he dies. And I have to give Robert Downey Jr. some serious credit because I thought he would do, like, a sexy death face. What? But, but he didn't. He legit let it be ugly and real. And I was like, thank you, sir. He's voiding in that thank, suit right thank now. You, thank you for giving us that half mouth over your teeth. Like, what death really could look like. I really did appreciate that. But the Avengers win. At what cost? And we get to the very end where, two. like... The cost is two. The, co- the cost was, well, effect- effectively three. Who's the because... Four? Well, Captain America. No, nah, but he wasn't. Sort of, but not really. Of victory. But but they win, and they're like, "But we got to go return the stones. We got some pim juice. We're only going to send one person, and they send Captain America, which also I had an issue with because I'm like, you know, other shit could happen. You could probably send somebody else with Captain America. No, no, no. They know there's but, nowhere else to go from but, this. But they don't. Where do you go from Infinity? They but they send him back to put all the stones back to their original timelines, which I think at this point is now four different timelines that these stones all have to go back to. And they're like, he should be back in like five seconds. It'll be great. But when he he doesn't come back in the five seconds, they all start freaking out because they don't know what the deal is. And then Bucky's like, oh, he's over there. And he's saying this to Falcon. And I actually really like how this how this part turned out. And you see Falcon walk over to Captain America and he's an old man. He stayed after he returned the stones and he lived the life that Tony had said, you know, he needed to get one. So he finally decides to do that. And he actually lives his life with Carter. And he, and he has that. But he's now too old, obviously, to be Captain America. And he passes the mantle down to Falcon, which in canon does happen. Mm-hmm. Granted, Bucky became Captain America before Falcon. I'm letting it slide. You got to be slide. Bucky. You got to be cold winter. Old, you got to be winter soldier for a soldier. while. Yeah. But, I mean, in canon, Bucky became Captain America before Falcon did. But they do. Adjust your glasses happen. when you say that. I'm not even wearing my glasses right now, but that's not the point. But I was like, I was happy to see it because they kind of made mention, I think someone around the timeline that they showed Falcon was like, well, Falcon's got wings like an eagle. I'm like, yep, we're getting it. They're going to do it. It's going to happen. And it was good. So, I mean, we get this really nice... Wait, Falcon's got wings like an eagle. Because he flies. Because he's got the bird wings. I would venture to say he's got wings like a falcon. Well, he's got bird wings. He's and got, e- eagles have wings. Also, eagles also are like synonymous with America, Captain America. Like turkeys <laughs> have wings. Yeah, and they are like the national bird of America. Only if Ben Franklin had his wing. Right. I mean, that'd be an ugly ass symbol of But regardless, freedom. I think it would have been freedom. amazing. But but anyway, so all that happens, and then we get the funeral scene for Tony and. Here's my last gripe with this movie. You know that's false. No, actually, this one's really the last one. Because it's at the end of the film? Yes. My biggest issue with this ending is, okay, we're at Tony's funeral because, like, he legit dead. Jesus. Everybody, right, he sacrificed himself, Jesus style. Everybody's there. We get the pan of everyone who got everything back. We see Pepper and 
Madison or Morgan? I know it started with an M, his daughter's name. Montana. You know, you see them, and you know, what they've lost. You see this rando kid, which, you know, people started looking up after the movie who that kid was, and it was the kid who helped him power up his suit, I think Iron Man 2. Mm -hmm. Two? Two and a half. So it's like, okay, that was pretty, that was pretty nice. But like, why didn't, they couldn't have had another reef for, you know, Widow? Like, Widow made the sacrifice first. Here's the thing. She, yeah, but is nobody you, saw it, though. Here's the thing. Like, so, so you I could get, put a little reef I, with her picture in it Panda, next to Tony. Panda, I get where you're going, but I think the thing that you need to suspend your disbelief on is they no. probably had a separate ceremony for Widow before the Tony ceremony. No. That was just the Avengers. No. It's not fair. Whereas Tony touched more people than just Avengers... They had the other thing for those people, plus the Avengers. Maybe, but I don't like it. <laughs> the shit anyway. was already three hours long. You wanted two fucking films? I know, no. She wanted Lord of the Rings. She wanted to have another ending. I've yeah. only watched Lord of the Rings, the trilogy, one time. You're still I know. watching it So now. I'm just going to give you my over. summary because I didn't need to walk through it the way that you did. Was I thought that Endgame really did a great job of actually taking you through a story and multiple character journeys. I'm not mad, mad at it. I'm like, no, small you're, mad you're at fucking it. seething. You jaded fuck. But here's the thing. <laughs> like they did a really good job of running through character progressions and ending the story in ways that were honest to the progressions that the characters went through that you saw. If you watched all the movies. And that's really difficult to maintain over 22 movies. Okay? I agree. Because you literally take Iron Man from the first movie as the most selfish, narcissistic prick on And you the turn planet, him into Jesus. And you turn him into Jesus at the end of it. You take Widow from being self-serving just... and guarded to self-sacrificing. Okay. And open. You take, I will give you that. And so... And and you have that growth for many, many characters, and you get to see those things finally take root in Endgame in a way that feels honest for each of those characters. I don't think that any of the characters in the movie at any point acted outside of what a fan would know who was in love with canon comic books, what anyone who watched all of Phase 3 saw as far as progression of people through movies, okay, you also need to add your ticker up because Loki no come backy. Well, Loki no, just like no. away, right? So, so it's not that Loki doesn't come back because a Loki does come back and he disappears. Just like Gamora also comes back, but it's not the current Gamora. It's that timeline's Gamora. Right. So, I mean, your count. So they're are... back, They're back, but they're not back. Right. Not so... back in the way that we we wanted them back. Right. And I think that if you watched Phase 3, Endgame was the right ending for Phase 3. Like I said, I'm just small mad. I'm not big no, mad No, no, you're big anymore. mad. You're big mad. No. No, I'm, I'm medium mad. Yeah. Well, here's the question. Would you watch this film again? Yes. Okay. But I would probably keep my opinions to myself the next time. No, no. Tell <laughs> your own opinions, as wrong as they are. I'm sorry, but really that Nebula being able to break, like, that bothered me. The most, I think, of all the gripes that I had. Well, and I also, I also kind of felt some small sympathy, and I mean the smallest grain, like one grain of rights of sympathy for Thanos, the sec, the the past Thanos, because he is now paying a price for who he'll become, but not who he is. Yeah, but he was but it is who he is, right? He, it's what he was going to become. I get it. You gotta, you gotta get it. In the, you gotta nip it in the bud. It's I get because it. It's not they went back in time but to like, like teenage Thanos where he's all moody. Like, all I like, just. Everything like, should be balanced. When you got the whole Ugh. Scarlet Witch, you know, you took everything from me and he's all like, bitch, I don't know you. And I'm like, that's right. This Thanos don't know that he took your, your robot boyfriend. But he did and it will but never he, exist. But if you, now, but if you don't stop him it. now, yeah, but he also doesn't exist now. Vision didn't come back. No and now didn't. Tony's dead, so Tony can't make another vision. Well, because the stone's gone. Right. Yeah. So, like, vision don't come back. She right. didn't get any of that back. Nope. So, Just like, herself. she didn't need to... 
for me, she didn't need to have that line because there was no payoff for her, and there never was good. Absolutely, because she remembers the loss of vision. You know who else remembers? Pepperidge Farm remembers. Let's close out the show. Husbando, do you have any final thoughts that you would like to share on Endgame before we wrap it up? Uh, How much time do I have left? As much as you want. Well, because I I have another perspective that's not mine, but I don't want to start it if I then have to. No, go ahead. Okay. So you mentioned that the the movie was true to the characters as everybody who was a fan of the comics. At work, I work with a guy, and he's like his late 40s, early 50s, Mm -hmm. and he's a big Thor fan. He did not like Thor in this film because of the fact that Fat Thor felt untrue to the, the, the Thor that he knew. And it, it actually had pulled him out of the film upon its initial viewing okay. for him. Um, because of the fact that it just like, Fat Thor would do that. There wouldn't be Thor night. What are they doing? This isn't my Thor. It's not the way he sounds. He sounds a lot more mature about it. Okay. But anyway. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was just a sort of an interesting perspective on they did have, in fact, he's holding the idiot ball for most of this film. And that's just the way he's perceiving his grief is through just like giving up and getting all fat, which was, I felt, it, it, I liked that they kept him fat. People around me were all like, he should have just like magic, like uh, no. montaged himself. It's like, no, no. no, he shouldn't have. I like that he, you, he wore his failure. Cause like he had, he had pride, but he was a proud mm-hmm. Norse God. And then at that moment, that pinnacle moment where failure was not acceptable, he, he failed. Right. And he and he wore his failure and his shame in his body, and I actually really liked that. It was a great metaphor. Yeah, we, for we got like at least three or four different ways of dealing and showing with grief, yeah. and just just those four characters, three or four characters. So I mean, I I really appreciated right. that that we saw this this godlike figure have an off. I don't want to say day because it was like years. I'm kind of glad that we we saw the dulling of that, and then you saw him, you know, slowly come back. Piece by piece, because, like, if he had done a complete 180, it wouldn't have felt true, because anyone who's ever dealt with that type of stuff, it's not as simple as, oh, let me just put a smile on my face and everything's good. Like, it's a process. It is a journey. I have to go into the hyperbolic time chamber of Asgard, and I will return you know, So, like, skinny. the simple fact that, you know, he's he's there in Dark World reaching out for Malmir, because he lost... Mal... Mal... Mjolnir. He's reaching out for some Ikea furniture? He's reaching out for that dresser set. But I'm just saying, and that when he finally gets it, and he's like, oh, I'm still, like, that validation of I'm still worthy. Yeah, no, it's good. And you're like, yes. I I agree. I just found that his perspective on that was like, it was a refreshing change of pace. Eventually, he said upon his second feeling, he came back around to it and understood more of it. But just sort of that first also We also got a reworked Thor. Yeah, Thor's been soft rebooted. Right. Through Ragnarok. So the Thor that we got for Infinity War and Endgame is the Ragnarok Thor. Yeah. Not the Thor that we got from first movie and Dark War. Right, an interesting and fun to watch Thor. Right. As opposed to a basically one dimensional retelling of Beowulf. Right. Well yes. And and I I must do this. I, I think to, you know, your friend's point, I think initially when you you know, if you've read Thor comic books, that Fat Thor does feel a little bit off, depending upon, you know, where and how far through Thor you've read. You know, there is a point where Thor isn't worthy of the hammer anymore, and he does become really depressed about it. But even in the comic books, there's still, you know, he cuts a figure. Like, he doesn't get fat and, like, all those kinds of things. Right. But he does definitely deteriorate some and, you know, isn't as well put together and his hair's all tufty and his beard's not kept. And, like, that's the way in the comic books they kind of show that, like, hey, this god is not so shiny anymore. So I, I appreciate that, you know, they did kick it to a even deeper level in, in the movie in, in having, you know, Thor be fat and, you know, be dealing with his grief, medicating through booze and food, like many people who were going through being depressed would self-medicate and, you know, those kinds of things. So I I do think that, you know, especially for for some people, that probably was very, very jarring. You know, I, I read a lot of Thor books and, and I felt the same way. I was like, how is Thor fat, right? And then as I watched as he went through and and was dealing with everybody he was living with, with his roommates and things like that. I'm like, got it. 
Got it. I wait, see exactly wait, wait. what you're doing. He's fat because he lived with a bug. No, no, Two but bugs. like just, just like you know, living with roommates and doing the whole dude bro thing and self medicating oh, okay. and watching that, I was like, got it. I see where this is happening and how he's cocooned himself. You see the himself. enabling. You see how right. it could have manifested. Like he made himself a safe space with people that people were not going to be judgy, to... that were never going right. to tell him that he was doing things that he shouldn't be doing. <laughs> he was over self-medicating, whatever. Like, I understood that. I appreciated Fat Thor quite a bit. I would also probably say that I'm kind of mad that Carol Danvers and Valkyrie didn't have a stronger moment You already together. had one gay character. God, what are you, Disneying on I my have, films? I would have just liked if, like, Girls there had been, been, like, a size up, like, hey, sexy thing. Hey, other sexy thing. Let's go kill Thanos. But then, on the other hand, the flip side of that would be, that means they have, they basically just had a bathroom hookup, because they have had hey, no you know interaction with each you other before sometimes, this point. Sometimes when you're in the mood, Alright, well, this tells me that I'm now at the point where I get to call this one, so I'm calling this one, because now we're going into fan fiction land, and, well, we don't <laughs> do that here. At least not on this podcast episode. I think ultimately... Is this slash cast? We're, no, uh-huh. this is not the slash Yeah, yeah, this is not the slash oh, fest. That's, that's the other podcast that we haven't started yet. But <laughs> it, uh, I want to I thank you for joining us, Hums Bondo. It's been a very lively conversation. I've enjoyed it tremendously. I'm sorry I peaked. It's okay. It's okay. Watch that mic level. It's all right. It's I fine. You know what? It's fine. That's what we'll editing is post. for. But... If you enjoyed this podcast, then please make sure that you subscribe so you can get brand new episodes the moment we put them out on the interwebs for your enjoyment. You can get the link and check out our podcast as well as the entire archive on our website, electricsisterhood.com. You can also get the podcast in iTunes, either on the desktop or through the podcast application on your iOS device for searching for the Eshcast and subscribing. But you can also get it on Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and vognetwork.com. So please make sure whichever way you would like to get it that you subscribe and give us a little feedback because we always like hearing from our community because we do this for you as much as we do it for us mostly for us but definitely you're involved if you enjoy what we do here on electric sisterhood and on the eshcast then please make sure that you check out all of the other great content creators that are part of our network that includes our homie king baby duck over at b3crew.com spinning new tunes on his bi-weekly podcast no borders no race which you can catch on his website as well as in itunes please make sure to give him a subscribe check out some of the amazing articles that he writes about because he talks about anime manga movies video games, and much more. So visit B3Crew.com to check him out. Our homie, Hamsterman2049, streaming live on Wednesdays at 9 Eastern on Twitch. You can catch links to his shows on his site, smashedrook.com. That's smashedrook.com. And his streams on Twitch Wednesday night at 9 Eastern. Make sure that you check him out. Join the chat. Interact. He plays retro games and new ones, so you never know what you're going to see on his channel. You just got to tune in to find out. One of my favorite human beings on the planet, Phil the Issues Guy with Phil's Recap and Review. You can check him out on YouTube and subscribe to his channel. Make sure that you hit the bell so you get notifications when new recaps go out. His recaps of Game of Thrones Season 8 are absolutely amazeballs. Make sure that you check those out. You can get his podcast on SoundCloud, and you can check out his site, issuesprogram.com to check out his articles get links to his archives all that good stuff and then last but certainly not least keeping you up to date with all the stuff that nerds crave whether it's comic books video games anime music or more if it's nerdy at all the nerds over at nerdcrave.com are talking about it so make sure that you check them out Follow us on social, interact with us, ask us questions, recommend stuff for us to play or review. If we do, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. You can catch us on Instagram at ESH News, on Twitter at ESH News, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Land of Esh. With that, it's time for me to wrap this up. I'm Ninja Sister. I'm Pandelicious. I've been Husbando. And until next time. I don't know what to say. I don't want to say titties because my husband's here. <laughs> It didn't stop you like all the 106 times before. Well, you weren't on the show before, so I didn't have a problem saying titties. Titties.